you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a JC softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, JC softball team. As long as, you know, uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, 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 the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know, that crap like that. You know, all this stuff that's contaminated America where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring Little League anymore. Now, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that down, you Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man alive. We got us a bunch of spring games this weekend. I got my cousin finally on the line. I'm doing good, buddy. How you doing? Oh, uh, doing good, man. Doing real good. I, I'm looking forward to it. A lot of spring games. Like you said, I think that's the big one. We're going to have some action this weekend. So uh, are, do you have the uh, the listings or when they're going to be on TV and stuff? Yes, sir. So I got that right here. I'll run this okay. down real quick. This is going to be the biggest weekend of the year (laughs) when it comes to spring games we gotta we're just loaded up here and the action of course these are all on saturday april 17th we got mississippi state and vanderbilt kicking off at the same time noon eastern 11 a.m central time mississippi state and vanderbilt and then right after that we got alabama and lsu both kicking off at 1 p.m eastern noon central time Alabama's the only one on ESPN, the only one they <laughs> think is worthy of being televised for some damn reason. I'm, su- I'm surprised it ain't on CBS, Mike. Gary down there. <laughs> well, we ain't done there. Then we got at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 o'clock Central, Georgia and Arkansas. And then last but not least, Arkansas at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 o'clock Central, the Razorbacks concluding spring. So, man, we got a loaded, loaded lineup here. And that's kind of going to be the theme of the show today. We're going to, you know, just do little previews of these games, what we're going to be looking for. Man, it's going to be like a fall Saturday this weekend. Yeah, I love it, man. I do. I love spring. Spring, but it is frustrating because sometimes you're watching and you're like, 
why why can't we move the ball? Then you're like, well, maybe the defense is real good. You know, <laughs> so you're just you're kind of doing that number there. You're praying everybody stays healthy. So uh, I'm looking forward to a wild weekend, man. Hey Shane, before we get around to that though, we got a little another announcement, man. We keep coming up with these new ideas, and this is one we've had a lot of you guys reaching out about contributing to the show, and we've come mm-hmm. up with a way to do it. We've got a call in line. We're trying not to go full fine bomb show. We're not going to do three hours of uh, calls every day or anything. But hey, if you guys got maybe you got a mailbag question, something like that, or just anything and everything popping into your head there, we've got a call in line. So give us a call at 615-800-5683. One more time, that's 615-800-5683. Leave us a voicemail. I'm excited about this feature, and I know it's the off season, so we may not be flooded with calls at this point, but I'm really looking forward to it once the season gets going around. I want to hear previews, predictions, and I want to hear, more than anything, reactions to wins and losses from you guys. So give us a call on our, our call-in line there. I think this is going to be a great feature and, and just a way for uh, the fans to, to be a part of the show. Absolutely, man. We were talking about some more intros and things like that. A lot of folks were asking, how can we do that? Can we send a video? That sort of thing. Now you can just call the number, you know, and, and leave your tail. So if you're if you're a big orange ball fan, you know, you'd, you'd go balls, you know, something as simple as that, that we can incorporate it in the show. But I, I, I love the mailbag idea, Mike. That's something that we've tried to do, uh, do in years past. And you know, if you got a question for either one of us or a question, you know, Mike's been doing all these great interviews, which, Mike, I appreciate the effort, man. They've been fantastic. And uh, but maybe there's a question you want to ask one of these guys that are coming up, you know. So I, I think that's where the uh, the call in number is really going to come in handy, Mike. And after the game, you know me, man, I, I get emotional, obviously, after every Tennessee loss. I, I'd love to jump on there and. <laughs> You know, vent, that's what we're here for, baby. <laughs> Go through the pain with you, man. <laughs> right, so we'll have that call in line in the show notes. If uh, that, that way people can easily find it. But I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to that and looking forward to hearing from all you guys. That's right. Don't put it on any stalls out there either. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy, before we go around the league, though, had to open with this clip. Because of all the Nick Saban clips we've ever played, this may be the best one yet. This is uh, Coach Saban talking about his journey with Miss Terry back in his old his old stomping grounds there in West Virginia. Let's kick it over to Coach Saban. They had a homecoming day for Nick Saban. And all the guys I went to high school with and all the people, the family, you know, came to it. It was a big deal. And it was wonderful. It really was. But when I was a kid growing up, my dad owned a service station. And we lived in the country. And my wife, who was, I tried to date from the time I was in the seventh grade, she would never, ever date me, never, ever go out with me. She had this guy named Mickey Schaefer that she was always boyfriend with. She was from the city. She went to East Fairmont. She was the, the queen bee, the drum majorette and all that stuff and you know I I mean I just could not get a date and here I am the country bunking out here pumping gas every day and it's in those days it's full service now I mean it's not like today somebody comes in pumps your own gas you collect the money I mean you had to clean the windows check the oil change tires mufflers grease cars I mean I was filthy dirty black fingernails all the time could never get a date 
could never get a date. So finally, when I got in high school, we were pretty good. We, we were just a class double-A school. She went to a big triple-A school, and we always played them, and we beat them like a drum. But she finally noticed me. She finally noticed me, and I finally got a date. And she had dated this Mickey Schaefer guy for like six years. So when we go back for this reunion, lo and behold, Mickey Schaefer owns a service station. And Terry and I have been married for 42 years, so however many that was, minus five. So I said, I am not going to miss the opportunity to do a drive-by. <laughs> Just to make sure she kind of knows how she picked. <laughs> so we, we drive by Mickey Schaefer's service station, and I said, see there, honey? There's your boy, Mickey Schaefer. I said, if you'd have married him, that's where you'd be now. She said, bullshit, if I'd have married him, he'd be the head coach at Alabama now. <laughs> so, Poor Mickey Schaefer. Oh, my <laughs> God. What did he ever do to Coach Saban? <laughs> oh, man. You just see Pink, Mickey just out there at the pumps like, you so bitch. It's the third time you've been by this week. <laughs> I love it, man. I bet he's a big Auburn fan now, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hey, this is this is the rare personality that uh, Saban doesn't bring to these yeah. media availabilities, but that you know, you know, when we played the clip when uh, he was talking to the recruit and now we're getting these types of stories, it's easy to see, aside from all the success and, and all the NFL draft picks and on and on and on, but uh, getting to see – this side of him, you really kind of get a window into why he's such a personable guy and, and such a good recruiter, you know? Yeah, and that's what I like, man. Sometimes they – you remember they were doing those videos down there, and you could kind of see a little bit of that personality. You know, he's different during practice, and he's different around these kids. And and uh, you like that because a lot of times he, you hear him on Fine Bomb or you hear him on ESPN, and it's all about business, you know. It, you know, he's got a lighter side, man. He lets to get out there on that lake, and that pontoon, have a little fun, you know. That's what we. That's that's the side of saving we like to see every now and then. Mm -hmm. Hey, Shane. All right, one last thing before we hop around the league, preview these spring games. Just wanted to make this quick note. It was on a recent show that I had mentioned that uh, the incoming Texas A&M president had expressed that Kyle Field there in College Station. They're hoping, or at least the plan is, for the stadium to be full capacity, no mask, mm -hmm. back to normal, baby. And now Florida's AD, Scott Strickland, saying the same thing down in Gainesville. So we always like to bring the good news to you guys. And the fact that... Uh, <laughs> Ironically, those two teams, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that until right now. But yeah, Florida, Texas A&M committing to... Now, of course, things can change, but... It's not going to, man. We're going to be full tilt, no. and I think this is going to make this season just that much better than, than any we've ever experienced because it's almost like a little bit of the college football experience was taken away from us. You know what? Yeah, and I'm going to take the high road. When I see Neyland at 75%, it's COVID-related. That's nothing to do with our team. <laughs> All right, buddy, you ready to go around the league? Yeah, let's do it. Now let's go now around let's the go league. Around the My, my daughters said something about 
me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. In Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys, hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, starting here in Tuscaloosa. Roll Tide! The Alabama Crimson Tide going to be on ESPN this weekend for the spring game. Just a couple things that uh, on my mind that I want to see. I mean, I think it's kind of obvious to say Bryce Young, the, the freshman quarterback, I think that's going to be the guy that everybody's going to have their eye on now that uh, you know he's 99% going to be the starting quarterback there in Tuscaloosa. What's something on your mind that you want to see during this Alabama spring game, Shay? Oh man, that's that's it. It's wh- who's the next round of playmakers to emerge? You know, I mean, we've we've got a lot of talent going to the NFL draft this year, and Alabama, if they've shown us anything, is they just reload. So who's next? I, I want to see the quarterback, obviously, but I'd I'd like to see which receivers step up. Who's who's our X factors next year? Right, yeah, that's a good one because that's something Coach Saban's been harping on. We're not seeing the elite receivers that we've had in years past. Now they've got the, you know, they've been signing five star after five star after five star. So they got them. Yeah, they just got to develop them. We got to see it on the field. And going in part with that, not only the receivers, but with this reworked offensive line and hearing so much good things about the edge rushers down there in Alabama, like Will Anderson and Chris Allen. You gotta assume that the, just they are gonna have a field day if the offensive line is mm-hmm. is not up to par. So, you know the battle within the battle there of the offensive line against Alabama's edge rushers, that's gonna be critical, I think, in the spring game. That's that's kind of the aside from Bryce Young, that'll be the thing that I am most looking forward to seeing on Saturday. All right, Shane, let's hop it on down next to old Baton Rouge. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy. Coach Ed Ogeron and the LSU Tigers. Where, uh-oh, number one tight end in the nation just commit. And guess what we're going to be getting more of, Shane? What's that? Brad Johnson clips in the sideline because <laughs> it's Jake Johnson, brother of Max Johnson, just commit to the Tigers. So now Brad's going to have two boys on the field. Oh, God. So twice the clips here of Brad, I think we're going to be getting. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Johnson and Johnson could use some good, good <laughs> hop right here. <laughs> Maybe they can tw- work something here. <laughs> A little positivity uh... in the news. So. <laughs> hey, but before we uh, share our thoughts on uh, the LSU spring game, Coach O recently just talked about uh, the quarterback competition and uh, what he wants to see out of this spring game. Uh, Coach, I know you uh, mentioned the, the, the quarterback competition is going to go well into the fall. Uh, you know, have you decided on who's going to get the first snap Saturday? And, and obviously, we shouldn't read too much into that. No, no you know the reason uh, Max is getting the first snap because I told me he finished the season two and zero. 
and you know it was hard. Miles, I could have gave Miles the first snap too. It it, it really didn't matter because they they all competing for a job. Who takes the first snap? They all getting equal snaps and stuff. So I think that's more of a status deal. Uh, there is no starting quarterback. Uh, they're all competing, and all of them, all four of them, are very very talented. Uh, I think you're really gonna like Garrett Nussmeyer. Uh, he's very talented. You know, he's got to learn the offense. Uh, TJ's had a good spring. All of them have a good spring. But you know what? We're just getting started. You can't. We can't. You know, we're putting in new offense and new every day. Uh, we can't judge those guys yet. We got to get them enough reps to where we can get into the game situation, have some preseason games, and then give them a chance to compete for the starting job. I heard you um, how you were setting up the game. What do you want to get out of it? Uh, how much do you, you know, how competitive do you want it to be? Yeah. No, no, no. We want to compete. You know, this is another practice. We need it. Uh, we need this. First off, that's why we're going first offense versus first defense. Second offense versus second defense. Now we're going to rotate some players. And we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it fundamentally. Uh, we're not going to do a lot of things to put on TV. And you know, obviously, UCLA is going to be watching it, so we don't want to give up everything. But we do want to do enough things to let our players compete and have fun. All right, Shane. So, man, Coach O's got me fired up for this spring game with those comments. And in addition to that, the thing that's got me fired up for LSU, freshman defensive lineman Mason Smith. You know, we just had uh, Mike Farrell from Rivals on the show. He said Mm -hmm. that was Rivals' number one prospect in the nation, hearing a lot of good things about big old number zero Mason Smith down there in Baton Rouge. So (laughs) heading into this one, that's going to be the number one thing that I've got my eye on. How about you? Yeah, I, I just think overall energy, man. I, I mean, you could obviously look at – there was a lot of flaws on both sides of the ball last year. But the thing that, that stood out like a sore thumb was just the, the, the lack of explosive plays early in the season. So I want to see these guys come out. I want to see heads on swivels, man, and, and because I really think LSU could have used a spring game last year to, to – kind of catapult them into the season mm-hmm. it, it was a young squad it's an older group now so I want to see how they come out you know coming out like like coach O says you know just just fire on all cylinders that's what I want to see I want to see that up tempo I don't want to see the the stupid mistakes that we saw early in the season last year yeah that's an interesting point because you know there's always going to be those doubters and some people think that uh, coach O you know the next Gene Chizik, where wins a title and then, you know, two years later he's out the door because he can't coach, or mm-hmm. maybe LSU was just a all the pieces fell in the right place and they had the number one quarterback in the nation, number one draft pick, and they'll never recapture that again. And I'm not saying that uh, you know Saturday's spring game is going to answer all these questions, but mm-hmm. I think LSU needs to show that, you know, they're still on the right track. They got all the pieces. And it's kind of like you're saying, I mean, I mean, last season it was almost like, I know there was opt-outs and stuff, but it was almost like, uh, you know, bad mojo going into the season. Right. And I want to see if they've moved on from that. And I, I would think last season's how it ended would have got them out of that funk, but they need to carry over that momentum as much as they can going into this spring game. You know what? Absolutely. Absolutely. And they got the squad to do it, man. Mm -hmm. One more uh, quick one on LSU. Keep your eye on safety. Jay Ward looks like he's going to start. Used to be a corner. Now he's moved to safety here and hearing a lot of good things about Jay Ward. So let's see if he makes any big plays against uh, 
this passing game, which should be something there at LSU. All right, next let's hop it on down to Athens. The Bulldogs. Man, so much hype with George. I've been leading that train this offseason, Shane. Mm-hmm. But now we got not a lot, but some questions to answer, but particularly in the uh, defensive backfield and, and at the receiver position with George Pickens out, with Jermaine Burton limited. Right. So those are kind of the battles that I'm going to be watching. Who wins between the defensive backs and these receivers? Uh, that's going to be, I think, the most entertaining thing down there in Athens this weekend. What about you? Yeah, just obviously we've not had great news coming out of Athens, but I still think they're loaded top to bottom. I, I still think they're going to be fine. I'm, but I want to see, I don't know, remember the last or the start of last season, we just, it felt like Georgia had the most dominant defense in the world. Mm-hmm. And and that it felt like they lost a little bit of that right there in the trenches. So I, I'm looking for the big uglies. I want to look at the line. That's what I'm looking for on both sides of the ball. Who's winning this thing? Because I really think that the defensive front Georgia has, you know, are going to be talked about as some of the best players in the country. So I, that's that's what I want to see. Who takes control? Because it's going to be a, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a bloodbath down there. Yeah, and we all know that uh, JT Daniels, unquestioned starter down there. But I've been hearing a lot of good things about Carson Beck, the young quarterback. Mm-hmm. I want to see him in a setting like this as well, because this may be, you know, if all things go according to plan, he never takes a lot of snaps this season because it's going to be the JT Daniels show. But Georgia needs to make sure that they've got a capable backup just in case that they need someone to step up or maybe if it's just a series or a game or what have you. But mm-hmm. so I'm kind of curious about seeing these these backup quarterbacks and whether it's Carson Beck, whether it's the true freshman Brock Vandergriff. Uh, the, that's going to be interesting to me. And I forgot to mention when we were talking about the receivers, I'm going to be having my eye on uh, true freshman Adonde Mitchell and redshirt freshman Justin Robinson. I want to see what Georgia's got in those guys because uh, those are the guys, they don't need to step up and be you know, all SEC caliber, but they need to be reliable enough to, when they play a Florida or a Kentucky, mm-hmm. or on and on. They may need to make a couple big plays, so I need to see what we've got in, in the young receivers that, you know, the secondaries are going to force them to beat them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, next let's skip it on down to Auburn. Get ready, Toomer's Corner. Auburn's coming to roll you. Final score, Auburn 48, Alabama 45. Ooh, boy, so many storylines <laughs> here down here between the hedges with the entirely new coaching staff. Don't see much mm-hmm. from Brian Harson, and, you know, we don't really know what we're getting from him. And I think it's even safe to say we don't know what we're getting from uh, old Derek Mason because it was almost <laughs> such a train wreck with the roster and everything he was doing at Vanderbilt. So it's going to be hard to, you know, pinpoint what they're going to do on defense till we actually see it. But uh, what stands out to you most interested to see him from Auburn this weekend? Just to put this Bo Nix talk to to rest, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you got an opportunity. This whole I don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback. I want to see Bo come out and take the reins here. You know, he's he's done this before. You know, this isn't going to be too big for him. Uh, I want to see if there was some progression with a new coaching staff and and what does that look like. So and and then probably I guess 
who the hell is he going to throw to? So there's, <laughs> that's another one. All them receivers are gone. So uh, who, who emerges as Bo's uh, go-tos, you know? Right, yeah, I'm glad you said that because that was going to be one of mine. Which receivers step up with the, the top three targets moving on to the NFL from last season? But mm-hmm. the number one on my list, I hit on this on a re- recent pod here, but J.J. Pugge, the former tight end, the 300-pound tight end, moved to the defensive line. I want to see what he's got. I know, you know, this is a fairly new experiment, if you want to call it that, but I think he's got massive, massive potential to be a just a wrecking ball on Auburn's defensive line. And I'm not saying it's going to be in this spring game. You know, he's immediately going to have it all figured out. But what I just want to see him at that position, see what he's got. And then secondly... Aren't you... Mm-hmm. Real quick, aren't you kind of glad that chapter is over? Oh, no, yeah. I mean, it, felt, it felt like every time we saw him, we, we had to listen to a five-minute spiel about how big this tight end is. You know, I, It was great. It was fun the first time, but the gimmick's over. I'm I'm like if if you've got a big man like that that's that athletic where he could play tight end, I'm with you, man. He probably could do some pretty dangerous stuff there on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm that is a something I've not thought about, but now I am looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And the the only other thing that really piques my interest besides the, the receivers and and JJ Pegues, I want to see this Auburn offensive line that's taken so much criticism because you know, like you said, with Bo Nix, you know, some people out on him already I, I'm willing to think that uh, he can recover now that Chad Morris isn't coaching him but mm-hmm. they're gonna rely, rely heavily I would say on the running game just knowing Mike Bobo yeah. and knowing that they have Tank Bigsby who may be the best running back in the SEC next season but you can rely on it, it all, all you want <laughs> yeah but you can't block it doesn't mean shit you know what I mean so exactly I want to see that offensive line if they've come together at all all right, let's skip it on down next to old Fayetteville. Woo pig! Like we had with uh, LSU, we got a clip from old Sam Pittman talking about the spring format here. And then uh, he also hits on the quarterback competition down there, the latest on that going into the spring game. Just wanted to know about the format for the game, um, how the rosters might be split, how vanilla might you be, will you, will you blitz it, and, and all that kind of stuff. How will it look? Um. We are going to split the teams um, one offense. Uh, they will be with the two defense and some others. And then the, um, I see the red team would be the offense. Uh, white team will be the defense. No, that's wrong. The red team is going to be the one defense and the two offense. And the white's going to be the uh, one offense and the two defense. And uh, basically, we'll have a running clock. Um, we'll kick off. We won't go live on special teams, but uh, we'll kick off, do everything punt necessary. Uh, we'll have a running clock until the two-minute point of, of, of the, the half and at the end of the game. Anticipate uh, somewhere around 55 plays, 50 to 55 plays on both sides of the ball, uh, not counting special teams and around a two-hour spring. Uh, But I just – I don't know how we're going to continue to get better if we don't go good on good. So we're going to go ones versus ones. Hey, Coach, I was uh, just curious about your your thoughts on the quarterback play to this point. What are you looking out of those guys in the the spring game? Well, I've been hard on the quarterbacks. I know that. Uh, The expectations are high for them, however, and uh, they're fine with that. Um, You know, we – 
I don't know how you really rate a quarterback, Trey, that when you're in a run-type, run-and-throw offense with the quarterback, he's, he's another running back for you uh, in the spring. You know, you're, if you get close to him, the ball's down and things of that nature. A lot of times guys break a tackle, break an arm tackle, do some things, and it does wonders for their confidence, you know, and then they become a little more accurate throwing the ball and all that because your mind's very powerful and, and controls a lot of that. Uh, over the last um, four practices, I felt like, uh, KJ's accuracy has been much better. Uh, part of that is the protection has been better. Part of it's the route's been running better. But he's done a good job. Malik uh, is pulling the ball down and running the football when things aren't there a little bit more than setting in the pocket. So I think, I think we've grown. Uh, we're not where we need to be yet, but I think we've grown, and I think we're going to have a, a good quarterback room uh, by the time August rolls around. All right, Shane, so pretty interesting comments from Sam Pittman on his quarterbacks there, and I'd say that's probably near the top of your list of what you want to see from the Razorbacks on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you can't go wrong with a good quarterback battle, you know? It's mm-hmm. just quarterback challenge. But you, you kind of want, want that stuff to get settled here, and uh, maybe that's – you know, we, we don't, it don't have to be hammered out and perfect, but we got to have a strong, I don't know. I, you don't want to walk away from a spring game saying, yeah, shit, I don't know who's going to be starting next year. You know what I'm saying? You kind of want to walk <laughs> and say, oh, man, KJ looked fantastic. That's Man, he really has taken a couple steps forward, you know. You know, a lot of that too, Mike, has to do with the offensive line. And I, I, I know I, I keep mm-hmm. going back to it, but here's another year with uh, with Big Sam, you know. Is this is this the year that the the the, I mean, when you think Arkansas football, that's what you think of, man. The big hogs up front, just controlling the tempo and controlling the, you know, the running game, and then then you worry about your passing. It's just, does it kind of get back to that now that that Sam's had a, a full off season to work with them? So I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at a little bit of that too. I always love watching uh, the trenches and 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 seeing who's winning that battle. Well, Shane, they say great minds think alike. <laughs> Come on with it. <laughs> because with all the, you know, returning offensive linemen that uh, Arkansas's got, I mean, that, not to say that they were a complete liability by any means, but so many drives last season, yeah, kind of, it was tough to get going. And a lot of that had to do with the running game. And now that, you know, we got Sam Pittman here. We got Brad Davis, one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. I've been hearing that this line is bigger and more physical. Now I need to see it mm-hmm. because you can talk it up all day, but until I see it, you know, I don't believe it. So not saying it's not there, but that's why I really want to see what they got in the trenches down there. I got more confidence in Sam Pittman than anybody in the country to, yeah. to get an offensive line getting together. But uh, it sounds like, you know, they're starting to get to where he wants it to be. So I think that'll be huge. And then uh, two other things I want to see defensive back Simeon Blair, former walk-on. Apparently he's been flashing mm-hmm. there in uh, in the spring. And with, you know, the fact that, uh, hell, you look up and down the SEC West, you got teams that are preparing to throw it all over the field, Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Arkansas is going to need all these defensive backs if they're going to be competitive this right. season. So I want to see what he has. And then I want to see if any pass rushers step up because that – 
is also a concern, or at least not a concern, but a something in a like an unanswered question there I have for the Razorbacks. Yeah, who's going to step up at the pass rushing position? So that'll be another one for me. All right, let's skip it, old Dave Shado Starkville. When Mississippi State's kicking off, uh, or closing spring, I should say, here. And, man, a lot going on. Man, I'm just <laughs> – I'm getting excited <laughs> thinking about all these damn spring games and how I'm going to watch them all. But uh, for Mississippi State, man, you know, they closed last season. They closed it pretty hot. And a lot of that had to do with Will Rogers, who was a true freshman. Now he's a true sophomore. I really want to see his progression – in Mike Leach's offense, because we all know that once it clicks for these Mike Leach quarterbacks, they throw for a bazillion yards. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I want to see if that's happened for the young Mississippi State quarterback. How about you? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, we always talk, I mean, we talked about this last year. We knew that it was going to be a slow start for the Pirate down there, but. Hell, man. I mean, I'm sure you talked about it on other shows. They got him ranked in the top ten, so uh, apparently we should be expecting a lot of action coming out of Mississippi State. And that starts with the quarterback and the wide receivers, baby. So uh, I just want to see how in tune is this offense. You know, they sputtered a little bit last year. You know, Coach Leach got on to them. I remember at the start of the season talking about, you know, the the hands of this receiving core. They just couldn't, you know – come up with the chemistry and and I want to see if that's firing on all cylinders right here in spring ball. Mm -hmm. And you know, one other thing, a little, I don't know, Mississippi state fans are well aware, but the rest of the sec may, you know, this may have flown under the radar here, but uh, Mississippi state added former Southern miss starting quarterback, Jake Abraham Mm -hmm. to the roster. And they added uh, former Southern miss head coach, Jay Hobson to the roster as well. So yeah, what do they got in this kid? I mean, could he threaten Will Rogers? You know, Mike Leach, he doesn't give a damn about uh, what you did last year. He's going to no. play the guy that gets it done now. So is there a co- competition? I'm not saying that there is, but Abraham's got more experience than Will Rogers playing at uh, this level of college football. But So I, I just kind of want to see that. And then last thing, who steps up at uh, linebacker with Errol Thompson off to the NFL? It seems like he was at Mississippi state for 50 years there yeah. and in the middle of that defense. Right. So I want to see who who's takes up his mantle and, and becomes just that enforcer at the, at the middle linebacker spot. Old man Thompson. That's what I'd have called him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those guys you just see, and you're like, damn, wasn't he there in the nineties? You know, <laughs> <laughs> All right, last team, Shane, let's hop it on damn to Nashville where, hey, before we get to the spring game, Vanderbilt announced today new premium seating. Uh-oh. Hey, they're start, they're finally starting to upgrade Vanderbilt Stadium. And what they've done, Shane, they've taken uh, the, the I believe it's the north end zone. They're just uh, essentially ripping all that out and made it premium seating. And, oh, man, I saw the jokes flying out, you know, all the fa- – oh. Rival fans were saying, well, hell, this will be the perfect spot for us. But, uh, <laughs> hey, at least they're they're making a commitment. Once again, they, we've, we already knew about the $300 million that's coming to upgrade the facilities. And, uh, you know, this is a stadium that's not been upgraded since 1981. So Jeez. anytime they commit to upgrading Vanderbilt game day experience at all, uh, I think this is 
this is good news here for Vanderbilt fans. It, it's it's got to be, man. It's baby steps. Uh, I I know it's it's easy to make fun of of premium seating, but like you said, this isn't this is stuff that hasn't been done since the eighties. You know, and it's mm-hmm. not going to happen overnight. Vanderbilt's not going to be great overnight. You know, I, I think. But what they're doing is they're 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 making a foundation. They're they're. It feels to me like they're about to start doing it the right way, and start taking it serious. So um, now, you know, obviously with the with spring, I, I kind of. I mean, we're talking about a whole new team, man. We're we're talking about mm-hmm. new offense. Obviously, Coach Lee's going to be handling the defense. What does that look like? Who steps up? Uh, you know, I, I think that's important. We know what Ken can do. Is is does he take a huge step forward this year and become? You know, it seems like every ten years there's a quarterback in Vanderbilt that comes up. And you're like, man, that guy's going to be playing on Sundays. Is it? Is it mm-hmm. Ken? Uh, is 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 there another weapon that emerges? Maybe a running back uh, because the law firm's gone. You know, who who steps up? So. I don't know. There's just a lot of a lot of question marks, but uh, good ones. I, I think I think it's moving in the right direction. I just want to see what this team's. It's a good glimpse. I guess that's the big one. I just want to see what this team's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, the same thing. I actually asked Clark Lee. I mean, I want to see these special teams, and I know that's not not always the sexiest topic here, but I mean, my God, the special teams was such a disaster in recent seasons. They had to have someone from the women's soccer team, you know, kind of come in and yeah. and add depth. So they've got uh, Alabama graduate transfer, Joseph Bovalos, I think is his name. So can he solve the kicking woes? And the defense, the defense has been atrocious. Last time we hired Derek Mason, supposed to be a defensive guru, supposed to fix that side of the ball, and it went the opposite direction. So <laughs> can Clark Lee, what is his defense? Does it work in the SEC? It's, I don't think it's going to be fair to judge him on year one based on the uh, the roster he's inherited. But you know, I just want to see a little bit uh, you know, more effort and, and just kind of see what the base Clark Lee defense looks like. Uh, those are kind of the two things that I'm going to be watching because, like you said, Ken Seals, and then don't forget Michael Wright, the backups also flashed a little bit. So those guys will be fun to watch. But I got my eye on, on the defense trying to stop them. Absolutely. Where did uh... – where did Henry Brooks go? He's still in the portal. So, I mean, he I okay. guess he could come back, but I didn't know if it, as far as I know, he's still out there. Golly, man. Coach Lee, I, he better be over there every night. <laughs> you know, just, come on, man. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right, buddy. Hey, man. So, like I said, we got a ton of spring games here. And, uh, man, I just uh, wanted to give you guys one more pod before the weekend Uh Finish strong here. You got anything else, Shane? Before we hop off the line? No, man. Uh, I just, I just hope everybody has good weather this weekend, and that we have some. I don't know. Just get out if you have the opportunity to go out to one of these spring games. Do it. Why not? I, I, I just, I wish I could. I'm not going to be able to make the orange and white game, um, but because the way my scheduling is working. But if you have an opportunity, I'm telling you, take your kids. This is a great time. You know, you ain't got to spend any money. I mean, you spend a little money at the concessions, I'm sure, and stuff. But we didn't have football last year. And I'm telling you, some of the best memories that I had with my grandfather was going to these orange and white games, getting on the field and getting a picture made with Johnny Majors or uh, getting, getting you know, a card signed by somebody. I, I, 
was like, man, you know, I mean, we talked, I took it to school and took my, you know, showed everybody said, man, look at all these signatures I got. So I it's just, I don't know, just take advantage of this opportunity. Uh, you know, this time last year, we didn't even know we were going to have college football. So if you, if you can get out and support these boys and um, yeah, do it, man. Yeah. And it's uh man, these programs are, they're expecting a lot of people to show up, Shane, even South Carolina. I know they'll, get to their spring game next weekend but they announced on thursday here they've had to increase the capacity of the of the stadium because there's too many tickets wanting to get out there for the debut of the shane beamer era so Love i mean it. that's fan that's fantastic it's going to be uh, it, it's just going to be great to see fans in the stands and football being played this weekend and then it's all going to go away for several months <laughs> so no. i'm soaking soaking it all in you know what Absolutely, man. Just a little bit of it. I, I, I was watching baseball the other day and watching them celebrate and stuff. It's just like, man, you forget because you see all these cardboard cutouts and stuff. <laughs> you know, those are going away. We finally have real fans in the stands. So I'm looking forward just for that aspect, man. It's going to be louder than most of the games we heard last year. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, hey, if you made it this far, don't forget, leave us that five-star written review on the apple podcast app and hey i probably don't mention this enough uh we got the link in our uh in the show notes here but we got the t public t-shirt stuff that's actually on sale for the rest of the week mm-hmm. uh, t- t-shirts down to just 13 bucks so get on that if you want to support the pod that's a great way to do it but uh we appreciate each and every review we get each and every t-shirt sale we get so yeah uh, thanks for each and every one of those but uh hey i think that's gonna do it buddy thanks for joining me as always thanks everybody for tuning in catch you on the next one all right see you guys